Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. How are you this morning? How is the life of a gargoyle going? The life... <laughs> the life of a gargoyle. The no. things, the things that people say about me. The things that people come up with when I am not here. When yeah. I am working on a church mm-hmm. spire. Okay, I gargoyle. think after the work that I did yesterday, or that uh, my oh, friend and I go. did yesterday, we uh-huh. should put in to get the contract to do the new spire on Notre Dame. I just kind of agree with that. That would be really cool. Because we are just the experts, the world experts now. Strap a Faith FM antenna to the top yes. of that cathedral over there. So for those of you who might be wondering what I'm talking about yesterday morning uh, while you were listening to Lawson and Mon on The Breakfast Show, actually it wasn't yesterday, it was whenever you, this is a delayed broadcast, so whenever you're getting this, but it was a couple of days ago, um, I was on top of the Maitland Church Spire and we installed a Faith FM antenna right up there, 20 metres above the road, 24 metres above the car park. And so now it can just absolutely blast out right across my head. <laughs> I mean, provide people to best use, Best use for a spire. And so I think that on top of Notre Dame Cathedral, we need to put a, a uh, spire, the new, the new spire for Notre Dame Cathedral, we need to put a uh, Faith FM radio antenna. Transmitter. I'm all for it. I'm yeah, absolutely I'm all for it. So. I mean, you and I would just have to move to Paris. The team has to move to Paris. We don't know how to speak French. It's going to be amazing. I love the idea. <laughs> I'll eat croissants till I die. It'll be great. <laughs> France is a great country. Uh, you are, by the way, listening to the delayed broadcast introduction. And if you'd like to listen to the live show, which you're more than welcome to do so, it's got a few more benefits. Uh, you can win prizes. You can you know, call in and weigh in and give your two cents on the live topics. Um, all you have to do is... Um, Download the TuneIn app, search for Faith FM and add it to your favorites. Um, or you can go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au and press on the live stream there. Uh, or you can give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we can organize to strap a uh, an antenna to aspire in your area. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. Anyway, coming up in today's news, we are going to talk about a pirate who is planning an act of piracy on the high seas in about six months' time. And I kind of want to go over and join him. Yeah, Mon wants to fly the Jolly Roger. Yeah. (laughs) I think think it would kind of suit you, Mon. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, And so, of course, he is planning to steal... Something. From somewhere. Yeah. I'm working on my... See, needs a bit of work. Okay, that and many other stories coming up in today's show. Don't go anywhere. This is Stones of Eden, guys, with Back This Way.
That was Stones of Eden with Back This Way. And just want to mention that they will be playing tomorrow at the Maitland Curry Regional in Gilliston Heights at the Gilliston Heights Community Centre. The regional will be taking place there. I think it's uh, 207 Cessnock Road, Gilliston Heights. So if you'd like to hear the Stones of Eden, Stones of Eden uh, live, then just head along there tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning. And uh, they What's will be part regional? of the featured, the featured... That's when a couple of churches get together. And uh, they all hang out together, have a great time together. Um, so Curry and Maitland Churches are getting together to have that event. And everybody is invited. It's very special. It is. Just we have a guest question. speaker. There's going to be food. Yeah, of course there's food. Yeah, love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring on the food. So you asked me what I was grateful for, Lyle. I did. <laughs> so my gratitude stems from a horror story. Okay. This morning, as I, I don't was, like horror stories. As this morning, as I was running out to go to work, I grabbed an orange out of the fruit bowl, and then got to work and I peeled it and segmented it and put it in the bowl, and uh, went to eat it and discovered I'd grabbed a lemon. <laughs> oh, after you peeled it, yeah, and because it was, so it was awesome. a really orange lemon, it was uh-huh, like a really uh-huh. dark lemon, and I thought that's disgusting. I'm so upset about this, and I thought the only way to get rid of my misery is to share it. And so I gave it to the producers and was like, would you guys like some orange? <laughs> and at the time you asked me, they hadn't tried it yet, but they have now. <laughs> how did I miss? How did I miss? How did I miss their, no, the, the look on their face? Jasmine, our new producer, Jasmine, I think she's not, she's not too bad with lemons, but yeah. She's just, she's just eating it like an orange. She's yeah, like, yeah, what's she's the, what's the, No, what's the she's got here? a little bit of a face Hey, hey bring, me some, bring me some, bring me some, I want to try some. I want to see what it is. Is it a lemonade lemon? She's she's trying here to try this. Yeah, yeah. Let me try it. Let me try it. I couldn't handle it. It looks kind of. um, It looks really orange, doesn't it? it It's not nearly as lemony as 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 a lemon looks. It actually looks delicious. Well, you you go ahead. My mouth is watering, like really, really. I was telling a story about you the other day, Lyle. Right. Do you remember that time I made that whole orange cake? I know some stories about you too, Mon. And this is a good story. Well. 
debatable. It's a bad story about me. Do you remember that time I made that whole orange cake where you have to boil a whole orange and then you stick it in a blender and you puree it and then you add that to your cake batter and then you bake it and it makes an orange cake? And anyway, this was a few years ago when we were going to the same church in Sydney and I took it to church for, for potluck lunch afterwards and everybody loved it. And so I got like a big head and I was like full of pride and you know, pride comes before a fall. How are you liking that lemon, Lyle? you got a mouthful mm. of lemon right now. <laughs> Not bad. Anyway, and so I thought to myself the next week. It's actually really good. Oh, it is really good? It's no, really You can yummy. have it. You can have it. It's all yours. I'm going to eat the whole lot. Yeah, good. It'd be good for your blood. Anyway, and so I thought the next week I'm going to make another one of these whole orange cakes, but Instead of making it an orange cake, I'll make it a lemon cake. And so I boiled a lemon and uh, <laughs> pureed it, <laughs> made it into batter, <laughs> baked the cake, took it to church. That thing was inedible. <laughs> Do you not remember that? I don't remember it was that. so bitter. It was horrific. And nobody would eat it except for you. You're like, oh, this is pretty good, Monia. I like this. This is great. And so I gave it to you to take home. You don't remember that? No, nope, I remember thinking I remember it was it. so weird. <laughs> taste I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind bitter things, though. Yeah, I know. You like bitter. Bitter like your soul. <laughs> 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 that, the, the, the love that is pouring out of Mon this morning. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Let me tell you about our quiz this morning. I think you need to eat some of this lemon yourself, Mon. <laughs> it's not going to sweeten it you will, up. It will definitely sweeten you up from where no. you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why I don't really like that bitter lemon, because I'm bitter enough. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so this is a Who Am I quiz. Um, do we, no, let me see if I have the hardest. Okay, yes, I have the hardest clues first. So who am I? I blessed Pharaoh twice. I blessed Pharaoh twice. Who in the Bible blessed a Pharaoh and mm-hmm. did it twice? Give us a call if you know the answer. Lyle knows the answer. He's written it down correctly. If you can get that right, I will send you a prize. Um, I don't even know what the prize is yet. I haven't looked in the box. Um, but give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer, 0491 By the way, Lyle, yesterday... I did this really cool new different thing where I told our listeners that if they got the pri- uh, the quiz right, <clears throat> I'd let them choose their own prize. And so I basically, once the show was over, and somebody did get it right, Dave, good on you, Dave, Dave from Radelaide, uh, he called up, got it right, and so I had to call him back after the show, and I took him through a journey, an odyssey, through all the prizes in the prize box. Took a while, actually. I had to do a lot of talking. I had to, like, describe every single prize we have in our prize box. It actually went for quite a while. I was dehydrated by the end of it. But anyway, that was really great. And uh, he picked a really good book called Last Day Events um, by E.G. White, which is a stellar book. And that's not the prize this morning, people, because that was yesterday's prize. Will I do that again today? No, I don't think so. It was too much talking, too much effort. I will pick out a prize and let you know afterwards what it is. Uh, in the next segment. But for now, Lyle, I have a really mm-hmm. cool story that I think you're going to like. Okay, bring it on. It is all about safe cracking. Okay, I'm interested. Yeah, I thought you might be. Yep. Have you cracked a safe before? No. I've maybe picked a lock or two, but never um, to to cracked a safe. Not for any nefarious reasons, but I'd like to Yeah, know. somebody showed me how to pick. Locks on, um, you know, those chains that have like the little, um, 
uh, have a little dial on them with numbers on them for yeah. your bike. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah. taught me how to pick one of those once, and then, of course, they um, updated te- te- technology and said, my old tricks don't work anymore. Oh, you poor old But it was kind of cool. Okay. Well, this is about uh, a, <laughs> a safe that's been sitting in the basement of the M- Vermilion Heritage Museum in Alberta, Canada. For the past 40 years, um, because no one's been able to open it. Oh, an uncrackable yeah. safe. Yeah, so locksmiths tried and failed to crack the code. Um, the safe's former owners couldn't remember the combination, and the manufacturers simply couldn't figure out how to reset the lock. Uh, so I, they actually had to evaluate an expert say that the safe may have been untouched for so long that even with the correct combination, the gears were simply failing to fall into place. So this thing has been sitting there. It, they got written off as condemned, and it's just been gathering dust. Oh, I so want to know what's inside that thing. Until Mr. Steve Mills and his family visited the town. <laughs> so he's just a 36-year-old dad, um, and, he, and he stopped by the museum the other day with his wife and his kids, and, and during their museum tour, the tour, the guy the guide explained the mystery of the safe to the family, and he thought he'd have a little cheeky crack at the code. And um, he said he was just going to do it for a laugh and try and impress his kids, like, like you know, in the movies or something. And he, he's a machinist and a welder. Um, so he crashed down next to the safe and he put his ear against the door. You know how they do that in the movies. And, uh, and he noticed that the lock's digits ranged from zero to 60. So he decided to try a simple three-digit combination, um, 20 to 40 to 60. And to everyone's shock. Oh, so he fluked it. Fluked it. Totally fluked it. And the door <laughs> swung open. No just, yeah, way. Yeah. He was like, I took the numbers out of thin air, just right out of my head. And right away I stood up and I thought, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but he's made international headlines. Uh, so CBS has been on the front cover of newspapers. Uh, everyone got really excited that the safe was cracked. Um, the town residents had for decades now been joking that the safe was filled with jewels and gold bricks. Um, but it, <laughs> it turns out it was just um, several yellowed newspapers from the 1970s, um, a waitress's notepad with an order for a mushroom burger, and a payout slip for a hotel employee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but those, those items have to be valuable now. Yeah, yeah. They need to be framed and put on the museum wall. I want to know if they still have that mushroom burger on the menu. <laughs> Anyways. The local restaurant really needs to pick up that, me- that, yeah. that recipe. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the museum staffers, they were obviously over the moon with excitement, um, even though the treasure wasn't, you know, fabulous or nothing. Um, and they have decided to put duct tape over the locking mechanism to keep it from resealing itself in the future. So it's gone from being a condemned item to welcomed back into the fold and it still remains uh, on show in the museum. That's such an a awesome story. Bit of a story, story behind it. <laughs> yeah, so good on Stephen Miller. I would love to have cracked a code. That'd be so cool. Actually, speaking of cracking codes, Lyle, you've actually written a Bible study guide. I have. That talks about cracking codes. It is. It's called the Prophetic Code. Yes. Um, uh, there are 21 subjects in it. If you would like to do that course, then give us a call here on 1-800-324-843, and we will arrange for you to be able to do the entire course for free uh, through the Discovery Center. Um, they service the course there, and uh, yeah, you can do my Bible study course. So, do, is it code. something that is digital, or can people get like something in the mail? Like, how does this it work? is old school hard copy paper? Nice. You know, I'm the kind of person who's like, yeah, I don't really like t- like taking. I like to take a paper to bed, not a computer screen. 
Anyway. If you want to crack Lyle's code, the prophetic code, give us a call here. one 800 8 What is it? 1-800-FAITH-FM. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease this praise. Take my hand and let them move at the impulse of Thy Guys, that was Jaden Levick with Take My Life here on Faith FM. And I'm wondering, do we have an answer for the quiz yet? 
Uh, we've had some people try, but no one's been successful. Mm. Okay. Uh, let me give you another clue, and then maybe people who are listening will be successful because it's definitely going to get easier the more we go along. Who am I? Not only did this person bless Pharaoh twice, Dinah is this person's daughter. So who is the father of Dinah? D-I-N-A-H. Give us a call if you think you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. There you go. Okay, so Mon, uh, here's how here's how it works, right? Here's yes. how it works. Um, our producers have eaten two pieces of your lemon. I have eaten some of your lemon. No, here son, no. Are some pieces no, of no. lemon. I'm not eating Come on. it. Down I'm it goes. It. Down no, it goes. No, down I'm it goes. Not gonna, you will actually enjoy. Thank it. you for this bowl of lemon. I'm going to put it way over here, Adam. You're <laughs> in my reach. Okay, so it is official. It is official. You heard it first here on Faith FM. Mon is a wuss. Yep. I'm happy to be a wuss. I've eaten lemons in the past, but only when I've taken those special um, sour suppressor medications that used to go in your tongue. Was that like salt or something? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's from the, it's called a, actually, it's actually from a fruit. So in the Philippines, there's a fruit called Miracle Berry. And when you eat it, it actually temporarily numbs um, and deactivates your sour senses on your tongue. There's a few other plants around the world that numb you as well. Yeah, yeah, but this is but this is like you can still taste everything else, and so they've actually made it into a powder and turned it into a tablet. It's not a medication; I said the wrong word. Um, but you can buy it online, Miracle Berry, Berry tablets, and I bought a couple of packets, and then you suck on it like a like a throat lozenger, and then when it's gone, you can literally eat a lemon like an apple, and it tastes like honey. It is just incredible. I've done it a couple of times. It's so much fun. But it wears off after like half an hour, 45 minutes. And so suddenly like, oh, hang on. (laughs) I just ate a whole lemon. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. I definitely recommend it. Anyway, talking about dastardly deeds, Nicholas Sloan from Cape Town is planning an act of piracy on the high seas. Oh. Set to take place in about six months time if he can pull it off. He plans to steal the moon. No, he's not stealing the moon. (laughs) The little one in Vegas. But it's almost as good as stealing the moon. He is planning to steal an iceberg. Ooh, what fun! Absolutely, he's looking for. It has to be a big one. He's looking for one that's uh, around 125 million tons, uh, about half a k long, uh, about 250 meters deep, and 500 meters wide. I have so many questions right now. What are your questions? Yeah. Why is he stealing an iceberg? How is he going to steal an iceberg? Who is this guy? How can I get involved? Cape okay, there Town? was a clue. There's a clue right there. Yeah. Why would someone from Cape Town want to steal an iceberg? Wait, wait, wait. Is Cape Town warming up? Do they need to cool down? Are they like? No, is this like no, the equivalent of sticking no, some ice cubes no, in a drink? No. Um, no. Um, but you've been to Cape Town. I've been to Cape Town just recently. You know their issues. What is the big issue in Cape Town? <gasps> They've got no water. So he's going to steal an iceberg, he's going to tow it north, and he's going to turn it in, because it's all, it's all fresh water, uh-huh, uh-huh. and just, just melt it down and sell it. <laughs> I love it's this. Best idea ever, isn't it? <laughs> best idea ever. Wait, how's he going to get the iceberg out of the ocean? Because it's fresh water, right? No, you just melt it in situ. I so see, like a, take make a, a chunk? Bank a big puddle in the middle of it, and just, just start pumping out of it. Wow. This dude is cool. I want to see this happen. I want to be on the it's boat. Gonna cost, it's going to cost him about $285 million, but that's um, actually what? not... That's $285 million. Compared to Surely the one little other options, compared to the... Uh, well, it's kind of like a rather large... I mean, with $125 million tons, it's going to take a bit of work to tow that thing up north. Well, maybe. I mean, how, but how far, away is the, how far away is this iceberg from Cape Town? Well, Antarctica. That's where icebergs are. Okay. 
So, yeah, always. And you have to tow it north at fast enough speeds that it's still intact by the time it gets there. Yeah, it's going to melt a lot on the way. Yes. You should, they should try and figure out a way to harvest the water that's melting off of it as they tug it. Because if it's half a K long, you should be able to put people on it while it's being tugged. <gasps> How much fun would it be to ride an iceberg as it's being tugged along and just go for like a little sail on an iceberg? Okay, See Mon. the coast. Mon. This is so cool. I remember Mon. reading a book called The House That Sailed Away one time and this is totally sounding like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mon, it's yes. been done before. Are you serious? It's been done before. So back in the 1800s, Chileans, uh-huh. right, who lived rather close to Antarctica. Yeah. Um, and this is back in the day when instead of having a fridge in your home, you would have an ice box. Yeah. And so you'd have to go and buy ice to put in there. Uh-huh. And people would make ice during winter and then save it all through the summer so you could go and buy blocks of ice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the Chileans used to do was they would sail down to Antarctica. They would um, find a small iceberg. They would hook up to it with a tugboat. And then they would put masts and sails on the iceberg itself. That is awesome. And sail them back and then cut them up into ice blocks. That is so hilarious. <laughs> then, they invented, then they invented fridges and it was kind of redundant. Oh, man, I, I regret the invention of fridges right now. <laughs> How many times could I have sailed an iceberg if we hadn't have done fridges? But these, these, were not, these were not icebergs that were uh, half a K long and weighing 125 million tonnes. These were just kind of small ones that were manageable. Uh, can you imagine if we stuck like a whole line of sail masts on this half a K iceberg that's going to Cape Town? Yeah, that That'd would be, be hilarious. That would be Absolutely epic. That would be so that much fun. It would be fun. beyond epic. I wonder if I can volunteer to be. Do you know what? I'm going to quit this job and go. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't quit this job. Go, go Russell Iceberg. Just, 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 just take Faith FM to With, the iceberg. Yes, yes. Set up a, set up a uh, transmitter station right there in the middle of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. And give us commentary all the way from Antarctica to Cape Town. On my new life as an iceberg cowgirl. <laughs> Actually, do you know, I, th- I thought um, Cape Town was experiencing flooding right now. They just need to catch the rain that's coming down. They don't need to go fetch an iceberg. Just stick some massive catchments somewhere and catch that rain. Yeah. Anyway, well, the iceberg's mm-hmm. more fun. Indeed. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> in, 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 in fact, it was, uh, we had a drought down in Tasmania back in the 1980s when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And there are a few people back then who were talking about um, stealing an iceberg. Yeah, that's Bring the other question. Like, it's, does, it's been thought of before, but it's never been as critical. You know, Cape Town at the moment is on 76 litres uh, of water per household per day, mm-hmm. which is not a lot of water. No. And uh, Cape Town being the kind of town that it is, you know, as Nicholas Sloan has pointed out, the day will come when the taps run dry and everyone will line up at the one or two places in town where you can get water. And this is the day after that the killing will start. Yeah, day zero. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that's what he's trying to avoid. Are they going to have any issues taking an iceberg? Like, doesn't that landmass belong to someone? Is you know, a greenie's going to have a revolt over well, this? This is a very good question, isn't it? Yeah. Can you steal an iceberg? I mean, who does it belong to? Is it really stealing? That's right. It's it's not a landmass. Yeah, that's right. It's a water mass, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen to it? It's just going to melt into the ocean anyway. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So you can't you, you can't really steal it, can you? Now, if you went down there and sawed it off and pushed it into the ocean, then that might be a bit of a different issue. But that's not what's happening. They're just like, oh, well, here's an iceberg floating in the middle of the ocean. Salvage rights. You know, you find a ship floating that's in the it. middle of the ocean. You got salvage rights right there. And I do wonder how long and how how much water would come out of this one iceberg. Like, you know, what is that? Like a six month supply? Yeah, or? Uh, it is one year's supply oh. for twenty percent of Cape Town. Oh, 20% yeah. of the water supply of Cape Town for one year. 
Okay, okay. Um, so that would so significantly does... increase your your water um, capacity from 76 litres per person. Man, I would kind of really hope that I'm in the 20% that gets to turn on the tap and have a liquid iceberg come out the tap. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's just going to be water, Mom. It's just going to be water. Still, it'd be cool to know that my water... Came from Antarctica. Sailed from Antarctica. <laughs> it would be very cool, actually. <laughs> You're right. It would be very cool. Anyway, something else that I want to rem- I want us all to remember today. It is the 75th anniversary of the Allied landings in Normandy mm, yep. in France. And we need to stop today and pause and just remember all of those young men uh, who sacrificed their lives on that particular day for the freedoms that we have now. You go to Normandy today. It is a um, on my bucket list. My son has been there. I have not. But beautiful beaches, it's a honeymoon destination, and uh, it's symbolic of really what Europe is. Europe is just an amazing, amazing continent full of wonderful people, and it is what it is today because of the thousands of young men who gave their lives 75 years ago. And we need to never, ever, ever forget the sacrifice that they made, and we need to never, ever forget those young men. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a really important reminder. Um, you know, we can be blase. You know, yesterday, Loss and I were talking about patriotism and, and, and the, and the, uh, state of origin and the sport and stuff. But this to me is real patriotism. And if someone's going to lay down their life so everyone else can have freedom, like that's something worth, that's something worth upholding and something worth remembering. So definitely, uh, an important day to remember that. Um, you know, especially as we are going into long weekend and people are busy with their, with their festive plans. So yeah, yeah. definitely take a moment to remember. Um, yeah, Normandy. <coughs> and of course, there was, uh, British Canadians and Americans who landed on the beaches along with, I just found out this morning, 13 Australians. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who were uh, there uh, to gain some experience for the Australian forces, um, and of course there was the RAAF that was actively involved as well. But yes, let's never forget the uh, sacrifices that have been made for our liberty. This is uh, Sandra McCracken, Almighty God.
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Are you looking for free, wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine-year-olds. What do you mean frog, Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God. And this holiday's theme is dare to be different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411 The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 0411. One one triple two seven six zero. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88, right across Australia. Joining us in the studio up here at Big Camp, we have David Fat. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Now, David, uh, you sound like an Aussie, but you've got a last name that doesn't really come from this country. Whereabouts does your family come from? Yeah, so I've got Chinese heritage. When my grandfather came to Australia, you have your last name first and your first name last. So now we've got the name of Fat. And his relatives are Long, Get, Yi. But actually, our family name is Kwan. So I'm third generation Australian. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and some of those some of those names, when they translate across, does anybody ever give you a, a, a hard time with the last name? Of, uh, yeah, we get that hard time. Because you are, you are not fat. Yeah. You are um, quite uh, yeah. slim and fit. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah all good fun. Okay, David. Um, yeah, and I, of course, um, I should mention that I've worked with your son on occasions. Oh. Uh, Robbie's done some amazing work. Mm. Um, he works in uh, TV and yeah. with uh, video and so forth. What kind of work do you do? Yeah, I, I was a dentist. I'm retired, mm-hmm. and I did that for 37 years. And praise God, it was something I, I really appreciated and loved. So you're, so you're the kind of person that we all try and avoid, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was my second choice in life, but I think God knew best that, that your second. That this is the best choice, so I praise God for that. Yeah, fantastic. Now, in your retirement, you're doing a ministry, and we want to talk more about that ministry in a moment. But um, what kind of a family did you come from? Did you come from a Christian family? Yeah, I had a God-fearing mother, a praying mother. And I think that is such a blessing. My father was sick ever since I I can't remember, and so my was a single mother who brought my sister and myself up. And a God fearing, praying mother is a best blessing. She worked hard, but I I think she did everything she could to bring us up in that Christian home. Mm. Praise God for that. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that. I I had the opposite. I had a God fearing father. 
and my mother passed away when I was quite young and uh, a praying father. Mm. Um, so there's no substitute to having praying parents. Yeah. So if you're a parent out there and you're listening yeah. today, do not ever stop praying for your children. Amen. It can uh, result in, in, in great things. Growing up in a Christian home, was there ever a point in your life where uh, you made a specific decision that you're going to follow Jesus Christ? I wish I could say I had a Damascus Road experience in life, but I never did. A lot of people say they wish they could say that. But you know what? I tend to think that if Paul had his time over again, he may have wished for a different experience. Yeah, yeah. There's the consequences. He suffered, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I think the God-fearing mother, good community, good Adventist friends, and I was always in a good community, helped a lot. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm. With your dentistry work that you did for uh, for so many years, were you ever able to use that as an outreach to actually reach out to people? Yeah, okay. So um, I suppose I, I did some volunteer work at the Deaf and Blind School. I was the president of our, my local dental association, and as an Adventist, they said, you have to do Sabbath seminars. And I said, if I'm going to be president, I couldn't. And I said, okay, well, we won't have Sabbath seminars during that time. And Patients often ask you, you know, what kind of see on Saturday, and I'd say, well, you know, you know, I'm a churchgoer and I, I worship on that day, and you know, whether that's anything or not, you know, can, may I pray with you, patient, after you've shared with me some health issues or so? Can I have permission? Uh, I just I did what I could, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice when you uh, when you have a medical professional who is a Christian. My local GP is a very devout Christian, and I never, really, you know, I just I moved to the area what three and a half years ago or something or other, and something came up. So I'm like, oh, GP, you need a GP. Yeah, this guy's the newest guy. Mm. Turned up there, and in the course of the conversation, found out that he's a devout Christian. So now when I go there, we talk about the Bible, we yeah. have prayer together. It's the yeah, best. It's, it's a, nice. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, now, David, you in your retirement, you—it seems like you have failed retirement. Is that correct? <laughs> oh no, retirement is a, a time where I ask the Lord, "What do you want me to do with my life?" And I, I've always been interested in health, so I did study lifestyle medicine out of interest. Uh, and Amen is certainly another interest that I have. I'm the health leader at our church. Uh, how do we connect with the community with health? Okay, so I was interviewing some people earlier yeah. today or with a different interview that we'll play on a different day um, from AMN, but this is not AMN, this is AMEN. A-M-E-N. A-M-E-N, which is kind of like the word that Christians often use yeah. um, in church or in a Christian conversation when they want to agree with something. Hmm. Um, so I think the actual definition is something along the lines of, I agree, so let it be... That kind of thing. Yes. Um, where did Amen get their name from? Is this an acronym? Um, how did How did you end up with this interesting name? Yeah, Amen stands for Adventist Medical Evangelistic Network. And okay. I suppose it's modelled after the American Amen. It's been around longer than the mm-hmm. Australian Amen. How long has the American one been around for, do you know? I, I wish I could tell you that, but they've been around a while. Yeah, probably 20 years or so, yeah. I'm thinking. yeah. Um, how long has the Australian one been around? I, I can't tell you. Maybe five to ten years or something yeah. like that. So it's just starting yeah. to take off. Yeah. Okay, so what, is it, what does it actually do? Tell us about it. Yeah, so the purpose is, you know, model on Christ's ministry. Um, that um, in Matthew ten seven and 8 it says, And if you go to preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and verse 8 it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the demons. So healing and and preaching go hand in hand and so amen want to want to encourage other health professionals to inc- to use healing and preaching as a ma- method of what Christ did and follow Christ's example so uh, 
you know, we think that's an effective way to reclaim the heart as well as restore the body. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, if, you, if you read through the Gospels, you find that there is uh, more healing done in the Gospels mm. than what there is preaching. Yeah. And I think that as Christians, we often get it the wrong way around where we spend, you know, we, we put all our focus on preaching and preaching is great. I love to preach. I'm a public evangelist. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my thing. But um, we kind of like, yeah, yeah, healing's good. But we need to preach the word. Mm. Uh, whereas Jesus actually had it the other way around, didn't mm. he? He did heal more than he preached, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So um, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, then healing needs to be mm. a critical part of what we do. So mm. people like myself who are preachers, we need to work alongside people like yourself <laughs> who are medical protect- practitioners. So if you uh, have an interest in health and, and outreach, then Amen is a place where you could network. This is one of our aims. Mentor other younger health professionals and mission. And mission might be the health, the depression recovery program that we that we have, the Neil Nedley Depression Recovery. As you know, a lot of people are depressed. The CHIP program, which you know, that it can help a lot of people with their health. Okay, so let me just stop yeah. you right there, and, and I'll give a bit of background on those real quick. Um, Neil Nedley's Depression Recovery. Um, every week we have David Storjic come on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, with his four D Living program. Yeah. Um, so he runs that program regularly, but that program is run, you know, Australia wide. Yeah. Um, and you're networking with professionals who are putting that program mm, on and mm. you know, obviously doing training and so forth. Yeah. The CHIP program um, is not about potato chips. It's about, uh, let me try Complete Complete health, health Improvement Program. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yes, I was like, <laughs> went blank there for a second. I know it's something good, <laughs> yeah. better than potato chips. So we yeah. see a lot of diabetes in our population, heart disease. Mm. It's a program that's evidence-based in the literature to reverse your chronic disease and to manage it. It's so powerful, and you know, a lot of people's lives have changed. And health is a big issue in the community. So type 2 diabetes, these days we know that that's basically a choice. It's a lifestyle choice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So if you have it, it's your choice to have it because you can choose not to. Yeah, and you, you can choose to reverse it. Yeah. Through lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. And uh, heart disease is probably fairly close to that as well. It is another choice, lifestyle choice. And you can, again, lifestyle, it's been shown that lifestyle can help manage and reverse. Mm-hmm. And what about cancer? Uh, well, there's some some studies to show that lifestyle, yes. Uh, has life's... a big impact. Yeah. There's a lot of other things that really affect cancer as well, though, because, I mean, yeah. if you're breathing in... Uh, um, I don't know, asbestos or something or other. Yeah, we then, know that. Yeah, yeah. it's going to do yeah. bad things. Yeah, and smoking, and you know, we know that's an effect now. Yeah. yeah. Well, smoking is a choice, but um, some of the other more environmental issues yeah. and um, even genetic issues, I guess, yes. uh, may not um, be as much with lifestyle. But those are our three big killers right there, aren't yeah. they? And we all know diet and exercise. You hear that on the media. We know how that can affect our health and make that be a positive effect or a negative effect in our choices. So we all know that, and everyone's looking to how can I improve that. Mm-hmm. And so your uh, your depression recovery and your chip programs, particularly chip, looking at um, at those lifestyle things, are, uh, are major um, programs. That okay. So with Amen, you 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 mentor people who are training, who, who yes. are running these programs. You're training yeah. for them. You network with um, other professionals running yeah. them. And so it's a team effort to help. You know, where Amen members can help in their local uh, wherever their local community is to help the public. And help even uh, people in your community, mm-hmm. and uh, it's such a powerful tool, evidence-based to show it can help people. Yeah. So if you'd like to know where there is a uh, a tip programming a program or a uh, depression recovery program happening in your area, then give us a call here on one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Um, we can get in contact with these guys, or we can go directly. You got a website there? Yeah, there's a website www.amenaustralia.org. 
Yep. Which it tells us more about Amen, but I suppose it won't tell you much about Chip and depression recovery. But Faith FM. Yeah, we can get yeah. in. Con- we we can find those details yeah. out for you here. Yeah. So um, yeah, just give us a call, and uh, we'd be happy to connect you with um, with those kind of programs. Okay, so we're talking about Chip and depression recovery. Are there other programs there that you're working with? Well, um, there's Forgive to Live. You know, forgiveness is a is yeah. a is a real problem with some people. I've been hearing yeah. so much yeah. about this program and the powerful impact it is having on people and yeah. people's lives just being transformed by it. Yeah. And some people struggle with how to have a healthy meal. They want to have a whole food plant-based diet and you know how can I how can I do that? And so uh, some communities are now offering how to how to ma- how to make nice healthy and, and delicious meals like that and that'll help them in their health, but people just don't know. That, that's that's very helpful, I think, in communities too. So you uh, you got some cooking schools, that kind of thing. I think that there's a lot of communities that offer that and help yep. professionals get involved in that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. They had. Did you see how many health booth there, booths there were here the other day? Because um, we're uh, recording this at Big Camp. That's why you can hear birds in the background. But uh, at the uh, there was health booths all over the place at yeah. the Sunday Fun Day. It was yep. so much happening. It was beautiful exciting, day. wasn't it? Yeah. Beautiful day. Yeah. Good weather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect weather for it. And um, yeah, just a, a, a great experience. So you were kind of you ended up being one amongst many that were uh, promoting good health. Well, we would like to encourage other health professionals who, who don't know about you know other people uh, that are doing this too. Networking yes. is so powerful. What together is better. Someone famous said. And you learn off other people, and then you may be able to offer more mission and mentoring other health, younger health professionals. That's what Amen's all about. So, with uh, with with Amen, do you do you run events where you bring health professionals together? Yeah, we have a regional day on May eighteen, and and one of the local churches, and then the big event, of course, is our national conference, and that's in Adelaide, and the first weekend of December this year. Last year we had Neil Nedley, who is the founder of the Depression Recovery Program. We will have an international speaker, and it's always uh, nice to see the other other health professionals energizing off that and what are you doing and you know you learn a lot when mm. you get when you're together yeah absolutely it's such a fantastic blessing mm. so yeah. if you're a med- medical professional listening in this morning and you would like to use your medical profession to reach out to other people with jesus christ then yes. yeah once again get in contact with us and uh, maybe head over to whereabouts is it this year uh, adelaide adelaide, uh, again. adelaide yeah. again and yep. see first weekend in december mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have an international speaker and uh, you know last year we had 90 health professionals but it's such an energizing time. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it would be. Yeah. And of course, you're all able to speak the same language. If I turn up there and there's a bunch of medical professionals <laughs> around, it's like, yeah, a lot of this is going over my head, but um, be a lot of people there that uh, can really benefit from this. So, um, yeah, amazing work that you're doing. Fantastic. Well, um, David, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith Ethan this morning and sharing with us about the uh, Amen Ministry and the network that you are creating there. Um, we really encourage you to uh, continue with that work. And if you're listening in this morning, if you are a medical professional or you are you you know somebody is, then uh, this is something that you should definitely look into um, and using this to be uh, as a way of, of directing people to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. We're going to move on with the show. Uh, we've got a song coming up. We've got a couple of songs coming up. And uh, after those songs, we've got the 8 o'clock news. So stay tuned. After the 8 o'clock news, we will be back again with Encounter with God.
Oh. 